Welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. I am here tonight to review the latest DC animated film, uh, Justice Society World War II. Um, Just for a little bit of background, you know, I watch these things kind of sporadically as they strike me. Like, I don't, you know, I enjoy a lot of them. Uh, I don't go out of my way to, like, I track the releases, but it's not like I'm jumping on them the second they come out and whatever. Sometimes I just have to be in the right mood for them. Um, I know this one was fairly recent, so, um, and I knew that Brent had some thoughts about this one because he loves the JSA, and uh, so I wanted to, you know, review this one for him and for our fan base that enjoys comic-related and comic-adjacent stuff. Um, I also sometimes find the DC stuff more, more, I don't want to say interesting, but, uh, more challenging in a way sometimes, because my DC reading is more confined to the more recent stuff from, like, the New 52 and 2011 to present, so when they adapt things like older things, uh, I'm not... I'm not as knowledgeable with that stuff other than the big stuff. Like, I've read The Death of Superman and Nightfall and all those kind of things. Um, Like, the big events like Blackest Night and Final Crisis and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I'm not as attached to particular interpretations of DC characters because I'm just not as familiar with them. Uh, Some of the newer stuff that's come out of New 52 and Rebirth and things, I tend to have that attachment to because I feel like I've gotten in on the ground floor of some of that stuff, but none of that is uh, relevant to this discussion, really, uh, beyond just kind of telling you where my my position on all things DC kind of is. Um, I was interested in this one going in because it felt like a period they don't really deal with that much in these, fil- these animated films. They tend to... Um, they tend to be adaptations of fairly recent things and recent concepts that are more popular with current audiences. Um, so, you know, I kind of went into this thinking, you know, maybe if this is good, they can get, like, a series of, of Justice Society movies in a different time period, and, you know, maybe it just gives them another avenue to uh, spin off into here. Um so again, we are reviewing Justice Society World War II. Um, there are no particular actors of note here. It's just a bunch of, like, uh, B-level TV people, uh, which usually tends to be where they lie for most of the casting for these. I mean, and this is kind of a, kind of an world type thing. I know they dropped the... Um, after the Flashpoint Paradox one, they dropped the idea that they're all, like, connected, sort of like the New 52 was. Started with Justice League War, had a bunch of other ones between that and the Flashpoint Paradox that were all supposed to be in, like, a connected universe, and that got wiped out after the Flashpoint Paradox thing, and it sounds like they're just going to go back to each of these movies kind of being like, independent Elseworld sort of things, which, you know, is fine. Actually, for me, I at least kind of prefer that, because, you know, while I eventually sought out all the ones in that connected universe thing they attempted, 
it feels less like homework to be able to watch one like this that doesn't, you know, you don't have to really have seen like four other ones prior to this to know where the storyline is. But anyway, this one starts with um, Barry Allen in the present uh, uh, on a date with Iris West in Metropolis, and he goes and helps Superman deal with an attack by Brainiac. In this universe, uh, they the two have never met. The League does the Justice League doesn't exist. Um, so obviously, this is supposed to be maybe a an early you know, early in the chronology universe, maybe. Um, Brainiac fires some sort of kryptonite bullet thing at Superman, and the Flash tries to run in front of it and stop it, and somehow, in the course of that, he gets uh, thrown into the Speed Force and kicked back in time somehow, and he ends up in uh, 1940s France uh, during the height of World War II. And as he's trying to figure out how and why he got there, uh, Wonder Woman shows up and helps him deal with a bunch of Nazis and things. And you find out, you know, you find out that uh, this version of Wonder Woman is a member of the Justice Society of America. I don't know if the actual in the actual comics continuity anywhere that Wonder Woman has a history with the JSA in any way. I don't believe she does, but somebody like Brent would know that better than me. Um, my bet is that this was an attempt to cash in on the first Wonder Woman film in its World War I setting. I mean, it's the wrong war, I guess, but most audiences probably aren't even really going to notice that. So, um, they introduced the, this version of the JSA, which is, uh, Wonder Woman, Our Man, who if you've never heard of that character, he has, um... A, like a miracle drug that he uses that can give him like super strength and stuff but it only lasts for an hour um, and then he can't do it again for 24 hours after that uh, they did a version of this on Arrow uh, for a season they called it something else it was some, uh, I think the, the animated film calls it Miraclo uh, they called it something else on Arrow that made it sound like way more uh, Far East-ish uh, it was some, something close sounding to that, but it was just something that really got on my nerves over the course of that season when they just kept saying it over and over again. Um, the rest of the JSA is the Jay Garrick Flash, uh, who I'm fairly certain has been on the JSA before, as that's time period appropriate as well. Um, maybe I'm wrong there too, I don't know. Uh... And then we also have uh, Carter Hall Hawkman and um, Dinah Lance the Black Canary. Um, so yeah, that's your that's your JSA. And Steve Trevor shows up to help them out a couple of times. He's in a couple of the battle scenes. Um, so they're not really sure what to do with Barry. Uh, because they're afraid that he's going to, like, wreck the timeline by telling them too much about what their future is going to be. Um, so there's some fights with Nazis and things, and uh, there's this whole running trope that, like, every single day, you know, Steve and, and Steve and Wonder Woman are together, and 
there's this running trope that every single day he's going he asks her to marry him she turns him down every single day but he just keeps doing it um so uh Diana makes some reference to Barry in a scene where they're alone where he she says you know I want to marry him but he doesn't know you know he doesn't know like what that would require me to do and I can't I feel like I can't tell him that I assume it's something having to do with if he were to if she were to do that she'd have to like give up her connections to the Amazon people maybe um but they don't really get into that that much um so they go looking for uh the whole inciting incident after Barry shows up is they go looking for they are sent to find some sort of like magical item that uh Hitler or the Nazis I don't know that they they make references to Hitler but he doesn't show up or anything um so they're after some artifact that the the Nazis are trying to get their hands on and they go and they find like a temple thing and uh uh, a version of Dr. Fate is there as well, but he's like all decrepit and like shitty. Um, but he's got the helmet. And uh, earlier on, when Barry first goes through the Speed Force, he sees Fate. He doesn't know what he's looking at, but you know, a version of Dr. Fate shows up in the portal that he goes through. Um, so they also, and here's where I had my first real hang up with this film. Um, they have a, 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 like, liaison to the army, uh, who they refer to as Shakespeare repeatedly, and he's just some guy who, I guess, because he's a writer, I think, in his spare, he says he's a writer in his spare time when they first meet him, so, or when he first shows up, so he's, they start calling him Shakespeare, um, so that's fine, but then you find out in the temple thing that, that guy Shakespeare is actually Clark Kent uh, and he's actually Superman uh, in a manner of speaking um, Barry is confused because well the place he just left had Superman that looked exactly like this guy so you then realize that not only did Barry travel back in time but he's on a different earth um which, you know, I'm pretty sure the JSA is actually from another Earth. Pardon my, uh, pardon my lack of knowledge about this, Brent, and any other JSA fans out there. Um, so then they find out that the, the artifact they're looking for, I believe, if I uh, interpreted this correctly, uh, it's possible that I didn't because there's a lot of dialogue and I've uh, got my air conditioning going in my house right now because it's like 90 degrees outside. And it's possible I didn't hear something right, because um, I've got my TV blasting to cover up the, the air conditioning noise. Um, so there's that. And uh, so it, I think they tried to say that the artifact they were looking for was in the Bermuda Triangle. Um, they showed the Bermuda Triangle as a, on a screen, and the Dr. Fake guy was talking um, about having to go there for something. So they get on a submarine and go there and uh they run into some Atlanteans and uh so they go to Atlantis uh after the Atlanteans help them dodge some Nazis and whatever and um so you meet a version of uh Aquaman as well who is obviously the 
king of Atlantis, but he has this human advisor guy that, you know, they picked up off of, I think they said some human ship crashed somewhere, and they picked this guy up because they wanted to, Aquaman wanted to be more aware of what was going on on the surface, so he kind of essentially hires this guy to be an advisor for him. And uh, you eventually find out, or in fairly short order, find out that this guy is actually a Nazi. And he's using um, Atlantean magical items to control Arthur. And therefore, you know, Atlantis uh, is very quietly working for the Nazis. Um, So they get out of it. You know, the whole big last, like, 20 minutes... Half an hour has to do with a fight on Atlantis where the JSA escapes, and then they go back to the surface, and uh, the Atlantean army shows up and basically tries to take over the surface world. I assume they're doing this for the Nazis at this advisor guy's direction, but it was sort of unclear to me at that point whether that's what they were doing or not. I just kind of assumed that because the, you know, at one point, Arthur actually says, Hail Heil Hitler, so I just kind of assumed everything they were doing at that point was uh, driven by the Nazis. Um, So, big fight ensues, Uh, Carter, uh, Hawkman, dies, he'd made several references to, um, to reincarnation, but nobody really believes him, I guess, uh, he claims that he's been reincarnated like four times, but everybody everybody on the JSA just kind of blows him off when he starts talking about it. In fact, I think Diana at one point says, I don't want to hear about that again. Could, could we not do that? Um, so he croaks, uh, saving Black Canary. Um, they sort of imply that he and Black Canary might have had some sort of relationship, but she was sort of reluctant to get involved with him, and then there's this, he gives like this dying speech about how much he loves her, and he thinks she might be the, the reincarnation of his, of Shira, I guess. Um, so then there's this whole big fight with the Atlantean army on the surface world, and Superman shows up and helps them out at the last minute, and they win, and Barry leaves. Uh, Barry uses the Speed Force to go back to his original world and time period. Um, he and Superman meet up again after that, and they decide to basically start the start the Justice League. So that's really quick. Uh, a really quick summary of that. Um, again, you know, don't listen to this if you. I I would assume don't listen to this if you. Uh, actually care about watching this. Um, so, my biggest... Pr- I, I wanted to like this a lot because, you know, I figured new characters in these in these movies, I mean, they always lean on Batman in these movies. Uh, Batman is not here anywhere. Uh, I mean, they even added Batman to the Justice League Dark One a couple... The first Justice League Dark One a couple years ago just because I think they have this mandate that Batman has to be in everything. Um, So, of course, they obviously go with Wonder Woman instead, who, as I said, I don't think has any uh, prior relation to the JSA in any way. Um, My problem with this one and why I really didn't 
really didn't enjoy it that much was, like, they're trying to set up this, uh, this new team in a different time period that you don't show that much in these animated films. And, you know, some of the characters, if they had been written well, particularly Carter, uh, Hawkman, I mean, they really could have done, you know, solo Hawkman animated films. And, you know, with budget being no object, you could, you know, just show his multiple reincarnations in any period or place you wanted and not even really have to worry about how it looks. Um, I mean, even the the most recent uh, Hawkman solo book they had for DC during the, you know, shortly after the Dark Knight's Metal thing uh, showed that he actually reincarnated as a Kryptonian at one point, and you, there's no reason you couldn't do something like that if you wanted to. Um, and, you know, my, my problem was that, you know, you're trying to, as I said, you're trying to set up this new team, but the four new characters that don't get shown much in these other movies, you know, Our Man and Jay Garrick Flash and uh, Black Canary and Hawkman are basically just written as, like, Wonder Woman's fucking sidekicks. And all of the the vast majority of the screen time in this supposed JSA movie goes to Wonder Woman and Barry and uh, Nazi brainwashed Aquaman and Superman. So it's like DC animated wants to be able to like, Hey, wants to be able to say like, Hey, we're doing new stuff and this is cool. And look at us and yay. But this is all going to lean on the same old shit from the, same characters you see in everything we ever do. Um, I was really expecting that somehow Batman would show up just to, like, just because he has to. But I'll give them credit as much credit for at least the fact that he doesn't show up. Um, yeah, so, uh, not impressed. Uh, wish I liked it more than I did. Um, if for no other reason than I wasted 85 minutes of my life. Um, I do think, though, that, oop, that if you wanted, if you were DC Animation and you wanted to continue doing these, uh, and you wanted to, you know, commit to doing a series of JSA films, uh, you could do that, and the characters as they exist could be interesting enough, uh, if you commit to actually writing for them instead of just making them, you know, Wonder Woman's fucking Supremes. Uh, so, yeah, um, I would only... I don't know really who to recommend this for. Like, if you're fans of Wonder Woman, I guess, because um, she comes out of this looking pretty awesome, but that's about it. Uh, I mean, I guess if you're a fan of Barry Allen, sort of, uh, but he's a very spazzy, like, at the very beginning, he's kind of spazzy, and it just sort of reminded me of Ezra Miller, which is not an association anyone should want when it comes to that character. I mean, I'm sure he has, I'm sure that version of the character has fans somewhere, uh, but I'm not sure who they are, because everyone I talked to, that was like their least favorite part of that movie, at least until the Snyder Cut kind of fixed some of the 
inherent spaz of it all. Um, I do know that uh, DC Animated is planning on some kind of version of The Long Halloween, um, which I think is going to be two films. Uh, I don't know exactly when that releases, but it must be sometime... In, the first one must be sometime in the next few months. Uh, I'm actually going to look that up, because I might try to do something on that uh, once... Uh, maybe I'll wait till both halves come out, um, just because I don't really like to do... You know, especially something like that, if there's only a couple months between the two releases, why not wait for all of it, and then go from there. I mean, this is not the worst... Uh, the worst one of these animated films I've ever seen, uh, Batman Hush takes that, takes that title by quite a long stretch, um, but if I were a JSA fan, I would be disappointed in this, because it doesn't really do them anything close to justice, uh, see what I did there, I guess, um, if I were a Wonder Woman fan, maybe I'd be okay with this, um, but that's about it, uh, I would suggest, um, if you're a fan of the, the DC animated stuff, who's, you know, a more long-standing fan than I am with that stuff, maybe you see something in this that I don't, uh, but I was, uh, patently unimpressed with this thing, and, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what they were thinking, if this was the end result, and, again, not really sure who this is meant for, um, so I would say avoid this at all costs if you value, like, your time in any way. Uh, okay, so that should wrap up this review. Um, there will be more reviews being released through the week. Um, my wife is out of town right now, so I have a lot of time to watch a lot of crappy... Well, not crappy, some of them were good but a lot of movies that I wouldn't otherwise have time for, so I'm going to be reviewing a lot of things in the next day or two, and we will parse those out over the course of like a week to a week and a half. Um, I actually just recorded with... with oh, wait, that's going to come out before this. Never mind. We'll surprise you with that. Um, okay. I know our next... Uh, our next group recording will probably be... I know Josh and I are doing the CW show this week. Um... We're talking about uh, Fast and Furious 9. A couple of us want to go to that in theaters, so I'm sure we'll get to that fairly quickly. Um, I know we have plans for to do some sort of group recording on Black Widow. That'll probably be me and maybe Brent and Josh and Sarah, and possibly Justin if he goes to see it in theaters right away. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for... I also just watched the Bob Odenkirk action film Nobody. I will be doing a quick review on that as well. Um, I also have plans to watch the Doug Lyman uh, sci-fi film with Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley, which was one of those, you know, tortured, like, came out two years after it was filmed because it was claimed to be unreleasably bad, Chaos Walking. I haven't actually watched that yet, but I'm going to be watching that soon. Um, have to do the my comic show for this week. Still reading stuff for that. Hopefully we'll get that done tomorrow. Um, that continues to be entertaining to do, and I hope it's entertaining the people that are listening to it and maybe giving you some uh, recommendations for good reading. Uh, I'm also planning on taking a look at the 
Jason Statham, Guy Ritchie action film, Wrath of Man. Uh, that will probably have a review coming as well. And, uh, and I would like to, if t- my time allows in the near future, take a look at the Michael B. Jordan, Tom Clancy film, Without Remorse, um, and hope to get something out on that as well. Uh, so thank you for joining me for this quick review of Justice Society World War II. Uh, Have a great evening, everyone.